Wednesday. It's rookie mistake day. <laughs> this is uh, episode 10, the big 1-0. That's right. We made yeah. it this far. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, everybody who's still listening. Uh, you guys are the reason we're still here doing this every week. And yeah, remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Rookie Mistake PC. Thank you to everyone who's been commenting on our posts uh, when we need material. Donnie, Alex, Matt, thanks, y'all. And of course, you know, before we start, we got to uh, get in our main sponsor here for our North Alabama listeners. Check out Eagle Masonry and Insulation, the premier provider of masonry and insulation services in the region. Eagle offers brick, block, stone, and paver products, as well as state-of-the-art insulation products, including traditional fiberglass bats, blown-in blanket systems, and spray foams. Call 256-755-1556 for your free quote today. So we're going to go ahead and start off with the World Series, even though Ethan doesn't really yeah, care about it, doesn't yeah, really like really. it. I know yeah. that I know the Dodgers won, but honestly, the baseball is just kind of boring. <laughs> uh, so lame. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna talk about it anyway because, well, not just because, but you know, Donnie reached out and asked us to talk about how in the world you pull Blake Snell off the mound last night. And honestly, I don't know. I mean, he was doing really great. He had allowed two hits and one run all night. He struck out nine batters. Retired the rest of them. I mean, I don't know how you pull him, and I guess I know how because analytics. But this is the problem with that stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're looking too much into it. If he's having yeah. a good game, you let the guy play. This could potentially be the last game. Right, and it was. The numbers are great for planning your game and planning what you're going to do, but the calculator isn't going to win a game for you. Yeah, I mean, and you, you needed to win to, this yeah, one. You, you yeah. actually have to go out there and, and play. This just it just reminds me of. Last season, when the Astros were playing the Nationals in Game Seven, they yanked Zach Greinke in the seventh inning, and the dude was just lights out, and he looked like he had another thirty pitches in him. And they pulled him, and the very next pitch, the Nationals got a two-run home run, and it was over after that. The Astros never recovered, and they lost. I mean, in a game like baseball, where literally one run, one home run can change everything, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Why not keep your best guy out there? I mean, if you. I guess if you pull him, maybe maybe he plays. I don't really know what the rules are. I don't know how far into the game he no, was. No, he wouldn't get to play again. Well, then if he's not playing, why? Yeah, six. I mean seriously. But yeah, I mean it's just it's just a bad call. You don't, the you calculator don't, doesn't win games, guys. You don't I pull mean. LeBron when there's it's a ten point game because analytics say, oh yeah, he should sit out right now. Yeah. No, you leave him in because you know that he's going to make up the deficit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That so sense. I'm not the Rays lose in six. Snell is LeBron. I'm just it's yeah. Just it's, I know. I, I get the analogy. Yeah. The the Dodgers win their first World Series in over 30 years. Congratulations to them. Took them long enough. Um, and you know, so the, the other uh, big story coming out out of that is uh, Justin Turner, the third baseman for the Dodgers, was uh, pulled from the game after uh, the test they ran the day before or whatever uh, for COVID-19 came back and showed a positive result for him. And despite that, he was out on the field celebrating with his teammates after they won and hang out in the dugout. So I'm sure it's going to be a big stink made about that. Oh, yeah. I'm not really going to go any further into it because I don't think I'm qualified to talk about that. But No, we're definitely not qualified. <laughs> but, yeah, that's not a good yeah. look about – That's not a good interesting. look. I mean, yeah. let's see. Yeah. So congratulations to the Dodgers and Dodger fans. You finally got what you wanted. So after that, it's just kind of it's now now with baseball being over, it's kind of just all fo- football for the next four weeks. Hockey's done, basketball's done, baseball's done. So we'll go ahead and jump into the NFL. After that, a couple of a couple of 
small stories coming out right now. Uh, yesterday, Des, Des Bryant was signed to the Ravens practice squad. I think it's a great move. What, what about you? I mean, that's that's interesting. He's been out of the game. I think two years. Two years, yeah. He signed with the Saints last year, and then like in his first practice, tore his ACL. Mm. So that's why he's been out for two years. Gotcha. Because I remember, I, I want to say that he retired from I the Cowboys. I can't remember why the Cowboys got rid of him. I'm not sure. I thought he retired. I don't think he did. No, Maybe he did. Him. I'm not sure. It's been so long fact since... checkers. Yeah, somebody may need to fact check, yep. fact I check s- something. I, I want to say that he retired. I thought that he wasn't happy with the situation, and then right after he retired, they got Amari Cooper or something like that. Maybe my timeline's a little off, but... Yeah, I but can't I, remember. I don't, I don't remember. I'll look at it after this. But yeah, I mean, it's been a while. This, I but. think that he's still a pretty decent receiver in all regards. I think that he's one of those guys that could you know go from tearing an ACL to making a splash back in the league, and... I think for, you know, if the Ravens end up playing the Cardinals or I guess well OBJ is out, but even still the Browns, he can he that he's that practice squad receiver that they're honing in on to mm-hmm. you know, where they can you can get looks for the defense based off of DeAndre Hopkins, Jarvis Landry, Fitzgerald, stuff like that. So I mean he, he can still emulate the best receivers. I mean as far as his Yeah, for sure, right? As far as his in physical condition to actually play and take snaps out on the field, I don't know where he's at yet, but I do think he finds his way back to the field. Oh, in full well, yeah, I mean eventually, Very but soon. right Maybe right not now, this I mean, season, yeah. I don't know. But right now, I think that that's a good pickup. The Ravens, if I recall, were having trouble with their defense last year and maybe a little bit this year. But maybe I'm but, not sure. You know, I haven't been able to watch them very much because you know regional broadcasts. Yeah, so. <laughs> but after getting beat pretty soundly at home by the Chiefs, I mean, now you've got someone that can at least still at a high level show mm-hmm. you what an opposing receiver is going to look like. Yeah. So I think that's a good yeah. move. It's a good yeah, move. I do too. I don't disagree. Yeah, and so the other one I want to take a second to talk about is uh, since the situation in uh, Cincinnati with the Bengals and Carlos Dunlap, who is been on their team for the last 10 11 years he is uh he's pretty frustrated he's kind of been throwing a tantrum over the last couple of days i mean rightfully so I mean, he's been on the team for 10 years yeah. and, and i mean they're not very good they're not very good so there's probably some i want to win conversations in there but at the same time i mean he had 70 he saw 71 snaps in week three and since week three he's seen 66 total yeah he's been demoted to the third string since a few weeks ago yeah, in the I mean, season. Yeah, and, you know, we did get to see the Browns end up beating the Bengals at the end there when our TV switched over and just kind of a deep ball from Baker Mayfield. So it seemed like, and right after that touchdown that was, you know, eventually the game winner, uh, Dunlap could be seen arguing with coaches, probably about play call or something or other. And then he, I believe, took to, like, Instagram Live to air some more frustrations and apparently tried to place his house on the market in Cincinnati. I think he Which did, was yeah. a real... Hit with his teammates, uh, believe. Sounds like this guy's just—he's trying anything to get out. Yeah, he's trying—he's trying to get out. He's just done. I don't know. But see, the problem is, if you're if you're 31 years old and you're a running back, where are you gonna go? I don't know. Carlos Dunlap is a defensive player. I'm sorry. That's yeah. right. Yeah, he's a defensive lineman. I believe. I, when I when I looked him up, I thought I saw RB. Not. You may have seen Joe Mixon because he got involved with that because uh, Joe Mixon basically responded to his post about his house being on the market, like, "Hey, let me get that crib" or something like that. <laughs> So, you know, that went over swimmingly with but, the guys but, on his team. But even still, I mean, a defensive player, they're kind of a hot commodity if you're 31 years old. I don't want to say it, but you're kind of on your way out at that point 10 years in the league. I mean, Yeah, it's been much, a while since he made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I mean, how much how much longer do you think you can continue to play at a high level? And maybe the Bengals saw that. Maybe they've got a couple of guys coming up that they want to 
put yeah, in. Yeah, they but, have. They're putting younger guys in. But that's not a good stuff. look from a veteran at that position. It's not, I mean, and I think it's not a good look for the organization. They actually have told him now that uh, he doesn't need to show up to the facility yeah, they while they uh, work out the rest of his future with the team. So it seems like he's going to get what he wants. I think that's the only course of action. I think you got to get rid of a guy you like see, this. this. You can't. This kind have, of stuff pisses me off because players instead of coming to the organization and trying to get maybe a better understanding they just pitch a fit yeah and then they publicly. go yeah and then publicly and then they put they put pressure on the organization to make a change and by getting other people to do it for them right and it's not i don't like that look because if i'm an, if i'm an owner of another NFL team and this guy is trying to get released from his Paul Chris yeah. but if but if i'm a, uh, if i'm another NFL owner you know why would I want to pick this guy up? I mean, let's say he doesn't work out with my team in a year. Is he just going to backlash us on Instagram and take to the you know his social media platform to pitch another fit? Right. I, I don't. Agree. I mean, and and if he's having a you know production decrease, is he not performing? I mean, I don't really know much about him. So was he not doing well weeks one through three? I mean, why would I want to sign someone that the Bengals don't even want to play at this point? Yeah, I don't know. You know I guess I need, it depends on what you need. Right. So. I don't know, and it, and it doesn't sound like from a veteran standpoint, bringing a mentor in that he's going to take a leadership role. It sounds like this guy genuinely just wants to play. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's pretty upset about not being a starter. Anymore. Yeah, so there you go. So I don't, I don't think that I think that he's kind of burning bridges here. I don't think that he'll get signed. I mean, unless some desperate team like the Jets or some, Oof. yeah, some one in. I'd stay in Cincinnati over the, going to the Jets. The, the, Sheesh. I mean, a one in five team. <laughs> so, but anyways. Yeah, I just don't. I don't like that social media has given us a platform to go complain instead of taking it face to face and bringing your problems to the organization that's given you a job for the last ten years. Yeah. So no, that's I just, agree. That's just my soapbox rant of the episode. I think that that's a stupid move by him, but that's just the world we live in now. Hey, get it out of the way early, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, and then so another thing popping up today in the NFL with uh, the Houston Texans, I believe, are set to close their facility. They had one. Uh, COVID-19 test come back positive in the last round. They're on a bye week this week, so it's not like they're in danger or anything, but they're probably just going to be cautious and just take a few days, a yeah, week, but, test everybody else. But after one positive test? I think it's just kind of, yeah, it's just like, hey, we need to make unless sure. Unless there's just something we don't know, yeah. that's the only one that they're releasing. I'm sure, yeah. They ha- they probably have a lot more information than we do on the situation. So Sure, sure. But it, yeah. I don't know. It just Yeah, I wouldn't be worried test, about it, but... but. They've got a bye week. They've got. They can make it up. All right. Yeah. And so before we get into college football, I just want to get uh, drum up drum up a little bit of hype because in about thirty days, if my math is right, college basketball starts back. Mm-hmm. November twenty fifth. Yes, that's 24th. opening night. I believe that's a Wednesday. Uh huh. Yeah. So maybe that's twenty days. I don't know. Yeah. It is Either way, days. it is twenty eight days. We're within, we're within thirty. Yeah. We are. So yeah, we are within thirty days. Auburn's playing Gonzaga. That's not going to be the 25th. That's going to be the 27th. But I do Excuse want to talk me. about that. Auburn will play Gonzaga. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yes, so they are playing, but they not not the first night. Yeah. So the big news kind of this week is that these tournaments that were supposed to be happening in Orlando around Disney have now been canceled because of unreasonable, unreasonably, yeah, unreasonable ex- protocols. Extreme protocol for a college team. Yeah, like I, I think it's just a really long quarantine before, which they can't afford to do. Nope. Yeah. So that has just been up and canceled, and a bunch of teams, including Auburn, have been making other arrangements. It's now official news has come out that Auburn will join Gonzaga, Kansas, and one other as of yet 
unnamed team in a tournament in Fort Myers over the opening week. I bet you they get someone really low-key. Probably. Like a, like a low-level Power 5. I wonder if they go after Texas Tech. I don't know if Texas Tech has arrangements, but Texas Tech was supposed to be in that tournament in Orlando with Auburn and Gonzaga, mm-hmm. along with Houston, I think. So that could be somebody to look out for if they don't already have an arrangement yeah. worked out. But, yeah, so Kansas-Gonzaga will go down on opening night on November 25th, and Auburn will play Gonzaga on the 27th. We don't know who this fourth team is yet. Probably will be coming out in the next few days. Auburn will likely play them on the 25th. I'm really excited about this matchup with Gonzaga, though. Yeah, I, we've got a young squad. I don't really know too much about our older players because they didn't really play much. But we've yeah. we've pretty like pretty much everybody from the 17 and 18. Shoot, I mean even the 19 teams are gone. Yeah, we lost a lot of guys. Auburn lost a lot of lot of experience, which. I'm not necessarily like excited for this one because I think we're gonna beat Gonzaga. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I don't even know think. what we're gonna look like. Yeah, but I really, I'm really excited to see because Auburn basically got their highest-rated recruit of all time in Sharif Cooper, who, by all accounts, is going to be the starting point guard. And I believe he's put on 25 pounds of muscle since enrolling at Auburn. There's yeah, I saw him walking around campus the other day, and he he looked very uh, different than when we saw him at Little Italy that night. <laughs> yeah. Probably so. not eating a whole lot of a lot of uh, little Italy very much anymore. Maybe he is eating a whole <laughs> lot. Maybe of he little, is. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> putting on some pizza it's, weight. It, it, it's it's good gains. Yeah, so we're really excited to see him. You know, we've got other guys coming in like JT Thor. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm uh, interested Chris to see Moore. him. Yeah, and Dylan Cardwell, mm-hmm. another uh, former Sharif Cooper teammate at McEachern. Yeah, and then I, I, honestly, I I'm interested to see what we look like because you know the last couple of teams we've had. A lot of high, high, high and low. So high and low in terms of record and what we look like, but also high and low between the perimeter and the low block and the paint. We've, we've for the last couple of years, we've had a bunch of guys that can get down and dirty in the low block mm-hmm. and you know put up you know, yeah. in the trenches. But we've also had a lot of guys who can shoot from the perimeter. And to be honest, from what I saw last year, there's not many guys that can shoot from the perimeter. No, not last year, right? They they, they struggled after setting what I believe was the second best number of three-point field goals made in NCAA history last year, which is just behind the Villanova team from a few years ago, and that team won the national championship. Of course, Auburn went to the Final Four mm-hmm. in that season, and last year they didn't do so hot from beyond the arc. Yeah, I, we have, in my opinion, because I played basketball, we've got a lot of guys that have a green light that should not have a green light. Yeah, so we'll see. But we're young, we're athletic. Yeah. I think we'll probably be... More of a running gun, fast break, which yeah. uh, which unfortunately we've kind of been that way the last couple of years, anyways. I kind of like that. That's exciting. But it's it is exciting, and if we do it well, we can hang with the best teams. It's just that when we get into set offenses, it's almost like we get kind of stuck. We don't really know how to move the ball. So I'm interested to see what Bruce does with a true point guard, Sharif Cooper, who can actually handle. He can get it up. He can manage the offense. He can be that floor general, probably from what I've seen in highlights, but also. Someone who can start the fast break, who can lead transition offense. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, I think it'll be interesting. Expect Dylan Cardwell, JT Thor, Devon Cambridge to throw down a lot of alley-oops this season in transition. I think yeah. we'll be seeing a lot of dunks. But honestly, I don't really see us taking a whole lot of threes. And if we do, I mean, I say that. We probably will take a lot of threes. So I'm going to backtrack. I don't see us making a lot of threes. So I think the biggest thing for this Auburn offense is going to be how can we score when the other team is dictating the pace of the game if we're playing slow, which is where we usually get into trouble. Yeah. So that, interesting to see what Bruce Pearl yeah, does with this team. And I think Gonzaga will manage the pace of the game. 
mm-hmm. that second game. I don't know if I'm going to talk about Auburn Gonzaga just because we don't know who Auburn's playing that that first game. But Gonzaga will yeah. probably manage the pace. So how can we set up our half court offense and get points when we're not running and gunning? Right. Yeah. We'll know more as we get closer to that date, so I'm sure we'll come back to this before that game happens once or twice. But, yeah, so four weeks from now, college basketball starts. But with that in mind, let's just go ahead and pivot to college football now. We just got word. We just got it. Like, the alert just came five minutes ago that Wisconsin, Nebraska, this weekend has officially been canceled. Which we were going to talk about Nebraska, or not Nebraska, Wisconsin anyways because of Graham Mertz. Right. But... Uh, I guess we can go ahead and start with that, but yeah, Wisconsin, well. Wisconsin, Nebraska canceled. It says that 12 people within program test positive for COVID-19. That includes head coach Paul Christ. That comes after Graham Mertz testing positive, which means now that Wisconsin, even though they're not playing this weekend, they all three of their quarterbacks are out. Yeah, One, they were two, supposed three. to be. They were, I believe, going to be slated to have their fourth-string quarterback play this weekend if the game actually happened, which now it's not happening. But I want to talk about what this does to the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean... I mean, they got they got through their first week, and they are already having cancellations, and there are no bye weeks to replace that game. Wisconsin's not going to play Nebraska now until 2021. Yeah, and, like, and that could that could have very well been a game where they needed a win. Yeah. I mean, they could lose one game coming up, and they're, oh, shucks, well, now we have one loss because we couldn't play Nebraska and get, get, a, get a cupcake in. I mean, I, I yeah. love Nebraska's, you know, frost warning, but, yeah. you know, let's, let's talk about it like it is. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we don't know when, Nebra- when Wisconsin will come back to the field now. I mean, I really do – I really believe this. the Big Ten has set their schools up to fail with how they've handled this because they have we've – already, we've already said this. They have eight weeks to play eight games. There are no buys in that. Yeah, no bye week, straight no. in, straight into conference championship week. Yeah, and and if your your players catch corona, they're out for three weeks. Yeah, I that don't is understand three games. That. that blows me away. I want to talk about that more next. more extreme than Gra- the CDC. Yeah, Graham Mertz can't play for twenty one days. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like the Centers for Disease Control, the the leader main right authority. Now. Yeah, the main in America. authority exactly. And they say ten to fourteen and. These guys can't play for three whole weeks. I mean, that's practically half the season almost by this point because they've already played one game. So by the time that Graham Mertz is finally allowed to even come back out on that practice field, half the season's over. I, I just I don't I don't get it. I I agree. I think that the Big Ten said, well, you know what, y'all want to play so bad. Well, I'm gonna make it very hard for you to play. Yeah, like because they did it with Nebraska. They gave them a very hard schedule right off the gate because yeah. Nebraska wanted to actually play and leave. Mm-hmm. Then they said, you know what, y'all, y'all are rioting and picketing and all this stuff. Well, we'll play, but you know what, if you catch the if you catch Corona, you're done. Yeah, essentially. It's like, and they didn't want to move, and I, I understand sort of the rationale for that. The whole yeah, concern was the myocarditis safe, thing. Yeah, but at the same time, the SEC, the Big Twelve, and the ACC are seeing positive tests, and everybody's turning out just fine. Yeah, some games are getting moved around, but that was always going to happen. Yeah, and. They built in their schedules with time for that to happen. Right. To they, they, for that. Yeah, they gave us. They were able to get it started to where if somebody were to test positive or a big group of teams were to test positive, like Florida, right now, shut down their facility because yeah. 50, and actually, 50 I believe they people. returned uh, to the practice field Monday. So there you it's go. Been two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. So they gave themselves time and bye weeks and, and rearranging games for teams that are potentially in a title hunt: Florida, Georgia, Bama. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's bad. That is pretty yeah, much it. <laughs> after, after the way this season has gone, that's pretty much it. But 
they they gave them time to be able to work it out. And the Big right. Ten is just like, hey, y'all want to play? Fine, but we're gonna have nine weeks. Yeah, and that's it's it. gonna be really stringent, and you know, they they tried to cancel first and expected everybody else to follow them, and only the Pac-12 yeah. did. Who, of course, the Pac-12 is not coming back in two weeks, and they're gonna have, I believe, seven weeks to play seven games. Yeah, but they're not going to the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, so I know, they, I know they they're not anyway. Matter. But it's just they, like that you're just hampering yourself. And yeah, I mean, you're just making it harder, and and I just yeah, I don't, I don't get it, dude. It. It's, we're, it's we're not really qualified to talk about it. And I, yeah, like we did just say that, but... At the same time, <laughs> it's kind of a frustration that I'm sure a lot of other people are having. Yeah. So I know that we're not alone in our thoughts and feelings about it. I just, I know that sometimes we maybe get off on get on the soapbox, but, I, you know, we're not qualified to really discuss it. We try not to, but as a... Kind of had from to a, at this point. From a fan standpoint, it's, yeah. just, it's hard to ignore that we want to watch football... And we see other conferences having success in ways to deal with it. And this one conference is just like end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and making it harder on themselves when ultimately this is inevitable that somebody was right. going to test positive. If anybody actually thought it wasn't going to happen, they're crazy. Exactly. And just ma- just making it harder. So I don't I don't know what's going to happen with Wisconsin now. I mean, you said Paul Chris tested positive. I mean, last positive. year they were in the Big Ten, Big Ten championship game. Right, yes, yeah. Paul Chris did. Yeah, so and I believe coaches only have to be out for ten days, which is which that another makes no begging sense. the question: Why is it ten for a coach and twenty one for a player? But you know, I mean, I before, don't know what's going to happen. We all, before we both turn red in the face and smoke coming out of our ears, why don't we just go ahead and take a move on to the next topic? Yeah, you're probably <laughs> right. So I don't know. We will be watching what happens with the Big Ten. Yeah. Okay. So the next big thing probably is Jalen Waddell is, you know, out for the season. Yeah, that was Alabama's horrific, horrific a nasty injury on the Very opening kickoff. Very unfortunate. Just, he was just returning a, a kick and yeah, got swept under. Play. Yeah, just got swept under the the return yeah. coverage. And But at the same time, man, like, now that now that Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs are gone, you primarily, and I guess, is it Mitchie? M- yeah, John Mitchie. Mitchie, yeah. the new guy. I, I guess he's been there maybe he's taking it taking it you know stepping he's in. not a freshman but he yeah he's is been new. there he's stepping into the spotlight but at the same time now Jalen Waddle by all accounts of the media is like the best receiver on the team so why yeah, do I mean, you have your best receiver after the other two have just left doing st- I mean I get he's this great returner because he's really fast that's but, why I mean but then you risk stuff like this happening it's the same reason that Tank Bigsby is kick returner for Auburn yeah, I don't really understand I mean, that one. Where he's because he's he's good at it. He's fast. He's shifty. But it's and, like two of last year in two minute offense when they were up by a lot at halftime or whatever, and then he ended up hurting his hip, mm-hmm. getting a hip yeah, injury. I mean, I don't know. It's it's interesting. David Pollock and Kirk Herbstreit both said on a podcast we're pretty much in agreement that they think it's over for Alabama now. I don't think it's over. I think it's a bad take. I think it's a bad take. I don't think yeah. it's over, but I do think that it. Limits It'll certainly, where they it certainly can, struggles them. But yeah, I mean, it certainly is going to give them some problems. But are we forgetting about Devontae Smith and John Mechie? I mean, Devontae Smith Harris? had what over twelve hundred yards receiving last year, and yeah. nobody's talking about him. I don't know why, right? I mean, I believe he was our number one ranked receiver, both of us, because we have seen how talented the dude is. I mean, maybe he wasn't for you, but he was certainly on my list, if not in the honorable mentions. But at the same time, I just. I don't understand why nobody's talking about him. I didn't rank Jalen Waddle. I ranked I ranked Devontae Smith. I talked about Devontae Smith. Yeah. And yet, you know, rat poison out here, the media, SESPN, all they're doing is talking about Najee and Jalen Waddle. I get Jalen Waddle's fast, but Devontae Smith's the better receiver. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, yeah, so I don't think there are many secondaries out there who can 
consistently contain Devontae Smith, John Mechie, and Najee Harris, who is, has a presence in the passing game, right? Even though he's the running back. So they did. This is why I hate the media. They did this with Quinnen Williams a couple of years ago. Everybody was talking about Dickerson and Pierce Bocker and all these other guys, and they they were then all of a sudden Quinnen Williams came out of nowhere, and hmm. the Jets I think are trying to trade him. They're trying to get rid of him. Really? He's no good. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't been watching the Jets at all. I mean, I just know that they're 0-7, and my advice to Trevor Lawrence would be to stay in college for another year. Yeah, if you don't, I mean, go get you, go get your third national championship. Yeah, I mean. Assuming they win this year. Yeah, they got to win this year for it to be a third next year, and he has to stay. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's over for Alabama. I think they are still, they, they, I mean, they're still my some. favorite to win yeah. the SEC. But you've got, I mean, you've got so many guys. I mean, you got Najee Harris, who, in my opinion, should be a Heisman frontrunner over Mac Jones for obvious reasons. Yeah, I don't understand the Mac Jones Heisman hype because he's exactly like AJ McCarron. He's he's a game manager. He's a game manager. I mean, he's obviously a good quarterback because he's playing for a Division One FBS SEC school, who is one of the best in the country. But really, I mean, yeah, you got guys like Smith, Waddle, and Mechie, and. I mean, I think those guys are... Yeah, I, I think he... It's the same, and, and I'm just going to touch on this lightly, but it's the same thing when Tua was there. Tua was good because he could get the ball to the receivers, but the receivers did all the work. Yeah. He was throwing a 5-10 yard slant, and whoever caught the ball... Turned it into an 80-yard ...runs for another 80-yard game because they're faster than everybody else. Right. That's not because of Tua. Yeah. Or in this case, I, 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 Mac I, I, Jones. Don't get me wrong. It takes skill to put the ball in the right spot. Yes. I've seen Mac Jones not saying make he's great bad. throws. He's not the best player on that team. No. Not uh, not even close. I don't think so. But anyways, I but but that just I mean that just makes the point. You got Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, who's the backup running back, who could probably start for any SEC team he goes yeah, to. But he yeah, could. he's the backup at Alabama. Mm-hmm. John Mechie, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith. I mean, Major Tennyson, the tight end, and even not him hinges or whatever his last name is. Yeah. And you've got multiple guys on the offense. I mean. It, Jalen Waddle's injury hurts him, but it doesn't take him completely out of the conversation. Yeah. That's stupid. I, I mean, don't think there are Bama's many teams. Bama's defense can... is horrendous, but their offense can make up for it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think their offense is going to hurt very much, to be honest. Like, I mean, nah. it's going to hurt, but it's. Not, I mean, the other guys are just going to pick up slack. More, from yeah, that. yeah, exactly. So, all right, yeah, and then staying in the SEC, the last little thing I want to talk about is uh, Kylan Hill at Mississippi State. Kind of interesting. I believe he is now expected to. He's gone. Declare for the draft and. Just Which honestly, if you ask me, he had a great year last year. Why he chose to stay, I don't know. I don't but know, but he. I is, definitely uh, would have opted out if I were him after hearing Mike Leach was becoming the coach. Yeah, I, that and you know that's why I said this whenever we were ranking running backs. I ranked him outside of my top five because despite all of his talent, I didn't think he was going to get touches to carry the ball as a running back, and that turned out to be true. He had. 58 yards in three games. On, fi- on just 15 on carries. 15 carries. That's five carries a game. How does a guy like Kylan Hill get five carries a game? When with the way your quarterbacks, and I'm a quarterbacks plural because KJ Costello it gets benched multiple times yeah. in a game. How do your quarterbacks, who obviously can't throw the ball to your liking in the system, why do you not just go to the running? I mean, that's the adjustment crap that people are talking about with Mike Leach that he yeah. will not adjust. He will not change his game plan no matter what. He just continues to throw it. Jimmy Lake at Washington said it's not hard to beat a team that never changes what they do no matter how bad it's going for them. Mm-hmm. And that's completely right. That's exactly what he's doing that's down what in we're Starkville. Seeing. Now I will yeah. say that 
right now, if you can throw the ball and you can throw the ball decently, you have a shot to win in the SEC. They're not throwing yeah, the ball well, they're and they're not. not throwing the ball decently at all. Yeah, and other teams understand how to beat that system. I mean, they kind of jumped LSU and caught them completely off guard and beat them. But then the very next week, was it Arkansas, I believe? Yeah, they yeah. got beat by Arkansas. They just played zone all game and – you know, right, and then the next week after them that, completely. Kentucky beat them twenty-four to two. Yeah, offense didn't even score. Right, yeah, that, that two and that two wasn't even like a good play by the defense. It was just the dude throwing it out the back of the end zone mm-hmm. because he didn't want to get sacked for a touchdown or something like that, or strip sacked for a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I don't it's know. Bad. It's it's bad down there in Starkville. I don't believe they have won a game since LSU uh, beating LSU. Yeah, they haven't. And you know, everybody was kind of singing their praises and being like, uh oh. After they but beat see, that's what LSU. the media does. Mm-hmm. The media was singing Spencer Rattler's praises before he even played a game. Yeah. And dude is all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get he's, I guess, a redshirt freshman. Yeah. But at the same time, like, man, you've had a year to develop the system and learn the game and, and mature, and you had a great quarterback with Jalen Hurts. Why are you not good? Yeah. Why, are you, why is your team not undefeated? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, I don't know. It just – It's going to be interesting. I don't – I wonder where Kylan Hill is going to get picked because I do think he is going to get picked. Oh, he will. I mean, but he, if I'm a Mississippi a State fan, man, I'm looking at this like, what the heck? I mean, this is one of Kylan Hill is probably their most talented offensive player to come through since Dak Prescott. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I I'd agree with that. I don't even. I'd think be that, really I upset say that about anybody that. on the defensive side. Yeah, could. I, I mean, I'd I'd be really upset about this if I were if I were a Mississippi State fan just because that's. All the hype. Yeah, and that's just a really good talent who is clearly not being utilized. Clearly. How he should. I mean, 15 carries in three games. And, yeah, I don't know. So, best of luck to Kylan Hill in his best preparation for the State. NFL draft. Yeah, best of luck to Mississippi State, too. I don't know who else they can beat if they're just going to keep throwing the ball and throwing three, four interceptions a game. Shoot, I mean, they might beat Auburn. <laughs> Auburn <laughs> yeah. would do that with the season we're having. Yeah, that's just a, that's always a possibility, though, right? I mean, yep. Auburn can lose to anybody. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with all of that covered, I think we're just going to go ahead and move on to our picks. We've got less straight-up games here now and even less now because I originally wrote down Wisconsin-Nebraska, but now that's been canceled. So we'll just go ahead and start with our spread picks. And I believe Ethan also has three this time, so we'll just kind of alternate. I'll go first this time. So my first pick, I'm rolling with Iowa State at Kansas Iowa State is favored by 28.5 points, and I know it's a huge line. I'm kind of wary of those, but, oh, my God, Kansas is bad. Like, Yeah, wow, going it, back to last week when I picked, I forgot who it was, uh, Clemson, oh, Clemson, yeah, he took Clemson 45 Syracuse. over Syracuse, which didn't happen, and I should have known because Syracuse always plays them tough, and I don't know why because it just is what it is. But, it, you know, I think we kind of joked about it. You pick a line like that and you win, and people go, congrats. You yeah. you won the line when it was that big. But if you lose that. It's like, wow, you actually put money on a line that big? Right, you yeah. To lose. It's, yeah, it's a lose-lose scenario when you go with a, with a line that big. But yeah, props to you. You don't ever pick lines that big, so I hope you get that one. <laughs> yeah. I stayed away from that because Iowa State is just all over the place. They definitely should have won last week against Okie State, but we're going to. Yeah, Kansas just. Kansas lost by 41 points to Kansas State, which I believe that was Kansas State's like 12th straight win over Kansas. Yeah, so which leads me to yeah. why Kansas State is ranked. They're playing at West Virginia, but yeah. I but I like Kansas State three and a half underdog. Yeah, you like you like him as an underdog, and I, right? That, yeah, that's my first spread pick. Kansas State three and a half. Yeah, I did like that one, but I decided not to touch it 
just because I don't know. I think I, mean, I think West Virginia dropped their first game to Baylor, but I think they've won, if I'm not mistaken, every game since. Either four and one, three and two. Yeah, it's something like that. Something I don't like that. But I just don't, and I just know that Kansas State is down to the second or third string QB. So. Yeah, I think Skylar Skylar Thompson's out. Yeah, but I still like them. Yeah, I do I too, and I really like the coach. Yeah. So and they were kind of just like Iowa State. They were kind of left for dead after losing their season opener to Arkansas State, and they haven't lost since. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's a good pick. All right, so my second one going up to the Big Ten. Got Michigan State at Michigan. Michigan is favored by twenty-four. I think they covered the spread easy. Another big one for me, which is really unusual. But yeah, wow. Going just watch Michigan State turn the ball over seven times against Rutgers giving Rutgers their first conference win in like two and a half years. Yeah. And they lost by 11. Well yeah, it, so, didn't, so. it didn't look good. And, and I will say Michigan did play pretty well. They played against, so well against Minnesota. Like, I'm still kind of shook about that. Uh-huh. Because I was not expecting that at all. Yeah, I mean, I was expecting the boat to get rowed. Mm-hmm. I was expecting Minnesota to... In a boat race to Wolverines. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was expecting them I to... I really was. So row over the Wolverines. But anyways, I... Yeah. I think that's a good pick. I would, I would, I stayed away from that one too because Jim Harbaugh is very inconsistent at Michigan. But I will say I'm going with Cincinnati seven and a half favorite versus at home versus Memphis. I was a little wary at this, but after seeing how they just dismantled, yeah, dismantled SMU. SMU last weekend, I figured it was a good take. They're favored by a little, a little more than touchdown here. The only reason I'm wary is because Memphis came back against UCF to beat them by one. Yeah, that was a wild game. I watched win. the second yeah. half. That was For their first win over Memphis, I think, in thir- 12 or 13 games. Played a lot. Yeah. That's yeah, so. the only reason why I'm scared about this, but I think since he's a better football team, they seem to have figured it out. Knock on wood for that one, but <laughs> I like I like Cincinnati 7.5 at home. Yeah. All right. So then my last one, I'm going to kind of come back down to earth a little bit here. I'm going to roll with number 15, UNC, minus 6.5 at Virginia. Virginia's 1-4. That's, that's another kind UNC of bounced back. It's only a touchdown. I mean, UNC bounced back against NC State, covered by a lot last weekend. I think that was just kind of a blip on the radar over at Florida State. They got caught uh, with their pants down. I mean, yeah. Virginia's just not very good this year. They won the Coastal last year, and they're not going to do that this year. I, I just think UNC wins by a touchdown. Yeah, I like that one. I, I'll give you that one. That's a good pick. I, I understand the logic on that one. My last one is Arkansas 12-point underdog at Texas A&M. A lot of discussion about the fans at Texas A&M. I think that could come into play. Texas A&M only beat Mississippi State last weekend by 14. Now they are back home, so that could that could change. But I think Arkansas is a, a, a better team than people are giving them credit for. Yeah, I, I think Felipe too. Franks and Sam Pittman, I think they've got that offense rolling. Mm-hmm. I think that they could give Texas A&M some problems. They almost they hung with Texas A&M last year for the most part. They always do. It's kind of weird. Yeah, so I, I think that I think that this will be a close game. But at the same time, I mean, honestly, with the way the SEC is going, Texas A&M could win. Yeah. It is I what it is. But believe- this, this, looking on paper, I like this, this spread pick. Yeah, it's a good one. I believe Arkansas has never beaten Texas A&M since they joined the SEC. And I don't know, if, is that one still happening in Dallas, or are they actually going to uh, one of the team's home stadiums this year? Because it's normally in Jerry World. Yeah. It's the SWC matchup. Yeah, it says at Texas A&M, but I don't, I don't, I don't know, know if that's if, Arlington. If that's, so yeah, if I'll that's check that Jerry out World real not. quick while we're talking about it, or you can do that while I go into these uh, straight-up picks here. All right. But, yeah, so we'll just go ahead and start off with 
The game in the Big Ten, uh, Northwestern at Iowa. This is an interesting one. I believe Iowa is favored by two and a half in Kinnick Stadium. Mm-hmm. Northwestern, of course, hung like 43 points on uh, Maryland last weekend. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, well, Talia had three picks, and I think he got benched. Yeah, I'm either, having a either tough he got benched or they were down by so much that they that they sat him out. But yeah, so I I think I'm gonna roll with Iowa on that one. Just home field advantage trumps all. I think. What about yeah, you? you're hoping, right? I mean, Iowa was playing Purdue and got beat without Purdue's head coach. So yeah, I thought about that. That's why I was a little wary of that one. And Texas and Arkansas is going to be in college. Yeah, Station, I, was, I was just so. about to say that. But and, and Texas name only won by four last year to a very bad Arkansas team. Yeah, like I said, Arkansas always hangs with them for some reason. It's just like kind of it's one of those weird, unexplainable things. Yeah. It's just college football, man. Yeah. Anyways, but, yeah. uh, I'm gonna go with Iowa on that one. I'll agree All with right. you on that. The next one I got is uh, LSU at Auburn. Auburn, I believe, is a three, three or two point dog. I don't know how the line has moved in the last day. At home, but yeah, they're a home underdog. I think. Despite all their struggles, they had one bad quarter. They had a they had a bad third quarter last weekend at Ole Miss. I think Auburn back at home. They're able to use first this time game. in three weeks. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they're able they're able to use this game as kind of a learning game. I think I think it will be that close. I mean, Auburn seems to make things close. I think Auburn has another bad quarter. Just depends on which one it is, but mm-hmm. I could definitely see it going either way. I'm I picked Ole Miss last week to beat Auburn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Auburn at home. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with you on that one. I really liked what I saw against Ole Miss, and I mean, you know, I'm sure somebody will be like, well, it's because it was Ole Miss. They have the worst defense in America, literally, like mm-hmm. statistically. But they just looked so much more confident, and they looked like the old-school ground-and-pound play-action passes Auburn that I personally They finally used let to. Bo run the ball. The first yes, two quarters, we actually looked zone pretty good. Read. Yeah. Finally, finally, we're running a zone read just consistently, and – I just really liked what I saw. You know, Tank Bigsby has run for over 100 yards in his last three games. He's like the third Auburn freshman to ever do that. The other two are pretty good company. Uh, Bo Jackson and Michael Dyer, mm-hmm. both in the record books at Auburn for more than just that. The only thing that scares me about this game, though, is that Miles Brand is hurt, so there's not a lot of tape on the backup. Yeah, I which... believe JT Finley played last weekend. And yeah, I mean, they routed. They, they routed South Carolina, so that's... Gonna be interesting. We'll we'll see. I mean, we'll see. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm gonna roll with Auburn. I'm gonna stick with the pick. All right. So the next one I got is uh, TCU at Baylor. A little uh, holy war here. Yeah. The bitter rivals from across uh, across town. I don't know. I think I'm gonna roll with. I think I'm gonna roll with TCU on I the road. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I was probably gonna pick them before you picked. Yeah. I can't remember what Baylor's quarterback situation is. Well, Max Duggan's out for TCU. So that. Oh, he's be, out. Yeah, that would be interesting. I think I think their starting quarterback's out. Oh, he's not. If he's not playing at all, then I'm gonna roll with Baylor. That's because that's why I was gonna take TCU. Because Max Duggan is weirdly good. Yeah, I think, so I think yeah, you know what? I think I will go with. I'm gonna switch my pick there and go with Baylor at home. I'm still gonna stick with the Horn Frogs. All right, that's cool. We we need to have more games where we end up opposing each other. It's it's kind of more fun that way. All right, so Wisconsin and Nebraska is not happening anymore. So we're gonna strike that from the record. The well, next hang one. on. He's Max Duggan is back practicing after heart condition diagnosis, but I, it doesn't Whoa. say whether or not he's gonna. That's intense. Yeah. Yeah. Considering that uncertainty, I'm going to roll with Baylor. All right. So the next one is Texas at number six, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, of course, beat Iowa State last weekend. And because of that, I'm going to roll with the Pokes to win again at home. Yeah. I think it's better than Texas. This is a needed win for Tom Herman, but I don't think he gets it. I think no, I don't Oklahoma think so either. State 
And I think his job starts to come into question. Yeah, that's why I didn't take him on the, on the spread picks because I think the line, I think Texas or Oklahoma is only favored by three, three and a half, or something like that. Maybe yeah. even a touchdown. And I just thought that that's too close for mm-hmm. whatever reason. They play, they play people really close. But, yeah, I, I'm going to roll with Okie State. All right, so the next one I got is Virginia Tech at Louisville. I don't even know what to think about Louisville anymore. I'm really tired of seeing them go back and forth. At I mean, this they point. killed Florida State. I mean, just just destroyed them after getting butchered by Miami. And yeah. no, I think they only lost Notre Dame by like two something. But just looking awful for the first half of the season. And you know, we were kind of at an impasse on Florida State Louisville last weekend, and Louisville just buried them. So I really don't know. I mean, it's at Louisville, but I think I'm a roll with Virginia Tech. I think they have more talent. Yeah, Virginia Tech had a bunch of players missing when they played UNC, but I think that they'll recover. Yeah, okay. So we're going to roll with Virginia Tech there. And then the last one I got is number three, Ohio State, at number 18, Penn State. Boy, Penn State had a game last weekend, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, uh, lot, lot of mistakes made there in the last couple of minutes, including scoring with almost no time left. You know, you wouldn't think that's a mistake, but it was. So. Yeah, I think I think the Penn State player went for a touchdown or something. Or I've seen a lot of comments about. And Indiana just kind of let him score because they wanted the ball. And it worked out. It did work out. Yeah, they went I mean, for two I twice think, and I, got yeah, it. I think Penn State, all they had to do was kneel it. Mm-hmm. They could have, yeah. And they didn't, and they ended up losing in overtime to Indiana on a controversial call. But I'm going to roll with Ohio State here on the road. I just think they're so much better and Justin Fields was as good as anyone that, could that, possibly that, be. That incompletion for a touchdown probably should have been. Yeah, His so he should have completed in. every pass. He should have been 21 for 21. Yeah. So I would love to roll with the Nittany Lions. That is my That's your number 2 team. Yeah, it's my number 2 team. I, I like them, but I, I unfortunately I'm going to have to go to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I mean, I picked against Auburn before, so it's not like this is the first, but Yeah. But I think Ohio State is a better football team. And after watching Penn State's very stagnant offense mm-hmm. last weekend against Indiana. They struggled. I think Clifford threw some picks, so that's why. Yeah. And, and then they missed some field goals, they so that made, made it look worse. But, but yeah, I mean, just miscues on offense. I, I think Ohio State, if that happens again, they'll take advantage of the way. Yeah. So I think Ohio State wins. That's I didn't touch the game in the spread. I think Ohio State was favored by nearly 20. But, really? Ooh, wow. But I uh, – <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't I didn't take that one, but I think they do win. All right. Well, that's everything that we've got here. So I think it's time to go ahead and wrap up with the big 1-0 right now. Um, to our listeners who are in the path of Hurricane Zeta, stay safe. I Honestly, man, I'd be leaving Louisiana if I lived there right now with how many times I've been hit by a hurricane. I think this is the third one this season. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's actually common or not. Yeah, no but, idea. But, you know, if, any, if anybody, anybody listening to this is out there in the path Stay safe. Yeah, thank you for listening. We hope you guys will listen next week. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter mm-hmm. at Rookie Mistake PC or email us at RookieMistakePodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And thank you guys for listening again.